So I, I know you've got a lot going on. But remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. Now from Hollywood, California, the horror capital of the world, the Boulay Brothers. Creatures of the night. All right, so it is the day after the premiere of the Boulay Brothers Dragula Titans World Tour. Here we are in our hotel in glamorous Orlando, Florida. How are you both feeling? <laughs> a little accomplished, a little crazy, a little tired, and a little, like, fueled for the future. I'm going to agree with all of that. I definitely feel crazy. Crazy um, girls. I, but I do feel fueled, and I actually am super excited. The tour is in full swing. I have fully settled to my child coffin. I'm sliving. Okay, so here we are. <laughs> if you hear some strange noises, airplanes or gators eating things in the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is literally like that, though, because we took like really long walk around this neighborhood. We went to dinner, and we were just, you know, kind of spending some time outside, and it's dark, and we're in the swamp, and it's kind of amazing, because I'm like, who went around and like did some production design on this whole town? Because there's, it's like, it's swampy and there's all that like creepy grass that you see yeah. in the trees, like around New Orleans. It, it's beautiful. Too. I love it. I thought it was going to be kind of more like surfy or something, but it's oh. kind of swampy. I don't know. I guess it makes sense. Victoria's from here. And so. she's like a swamp witch. I didn't so. really picture her on a surfboard, even though it's kind of funny. More in the swamp <laughs> on a surfboard. Wait, why do I want Victoria on a surfboard? That it's sounds kinda, amazing. It, it is kind of like the Nosferatu beach party. Yeah, right? I was going to say, <laughs> totally. it sounds like fortune <laughs> casting from the season five group show, like swamp surfing here at USA or something. <laughs> <laughs> to a Beach Boys. So let's talk about last night. It was our opening night. Mm -hmm. I don't know if people listening to the podcast know this, but opening nights are usually total disasters <laughs> <laughs> because uh, you practice ooh. things, you rehearse things. There's different parts of the team and different parts of the country and you come together for the first time. All these different pieces that we were all building separately in groups around the country and then we come together and we have to put it together really quickly turn on the lights and put the show on. And of course, that doesn't always go as planned. No, it doesn't. And he'll also have to add in the live element. We're like, okay, we have to mm -hmm. cram all of these pieces together with all these teams that are meeting for the first time. And now let's do it in front of an audience. Yeah. <laughs> Which the show was great. The show went amazing. It was sold out. The crowd loved it. I was very happy with you all happy with. It was incredible. We got yeah. to do Victoria's live crowning yes. as promised and her reputation as a hometown queen was never clearer because the audience was just screaming behind her. You know, everyone was rooting for her. It was a really magical moment. Yeah, I think the night went fantastically. But of course, things happen. And I thought it'd be fun to talk about some of the things that happened behind the scenes for listeners of the podcast. They might be interested in it. The first thing I would say that happened was I didn't realize this until we got there. But apparently there was an artist that was murdered <gasps> in this venue. 
a woman named Christina Grimmie who was on The Voice. So one night she was performing there and a crazed fan came in and went backstage and killed her. I heard she was shot in the head and then in the chest dead in that theater. I mean, Probably I didn't know that was on. We were in. I didn't know oh, that I thought it was on show. stage. <sighs> was it on stage? That's what I had heard. It was that someone like ran up to the front of the stage and shot her. Wow. Well, anyway, so that was fun to walk to know <laughs> that. So, of course, and then there's all this stuff going on in Florida right now with like, we hate drag queens and all these kind of crazy people driving around in camo trucks with like, you know, God stickers. Mm-hmm. Which normally very hot for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of because I was like, are we going to get like, you know, protested or some crazy going to come in or something? But I guess they knew better because they didn't come anywhere near the club from what I there was one. Right. There, I think there was literally one who came to air quotes. Preach the word of Jesus or something like that. And, and then we she were got like, thank you, but no thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, then she saw how fierce the meet and greet was. And she's like, oh my God, like, Melissa can't. B. Fierce is here. Yes. <laughs> he thought he was going to show up and there was going to be all these kind of like drag race fans. And then he showed up and he saw our crowd and he was like, oh, fuck that. I'm not, I'm not going to fuck with that. I'm <laughs> not like, going to fuck with that. Like, turn that shit around. <laughs> they looked at him and they're like, fuck around and find out. (laughs) So that was good. But still, so there was this murder that was a little weird. Yeah. Let's talk about the air conditioning too, because when we were doing the walkthrough, I was like, okay, okay, we're just getting in. It's early. I'm sure that's Mm -hmm. why it's so hot. And of course, for some reason, like we brought a little slice of hell with us weather-wise to Orlando because the weather before and after our show was in the like, high 60s, like low 70s. But the day of our show, it spiked to 90. And I'm like, it is hotter than hell. Mm -hmm. And even in the theater, it was so hot. So we walked in and we're going to do our walkthroughs. And I was like, (laughs) Um, (laughs) tech guy, excuse me. Yeah, excuse me. Can can we put the air on? Because I don't like that. I mean, I do not like the heat at all. I want it to be frozen like an iceberg. Put me in the freezer. Do not put me out in the, in the no, 90 he turned degrees. The heat on. And they they turned. I mean, they cranked the heat on because, I mean, I think it came on. The air conditioning came on for like five minutes. But by the time the show started, when there were 900, 1,000 bodies in there, yes, every seat was taken. Ooh. It was, I mean, it was like a sauna. Yeah. 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 It was it was pretty hellish. Sweltering. Really? Yeah. That was bad. All night. Yeah. And when you're in drag and you have layers and layers of everything on that you have to have on to be in drag. And then costume changes and stuff. It's horrible. Well, it also doesn't help that we are in lovely Florida. Hi, I used to live in Florida, so I feel like I can say this. It's a very strange place to be. It's 70 degrees outside now because it started raining. And you're walking out and you're like, I am sweating. It's humid and sticky and just miserably hot. This is part of the reason why we drag queens and kings and everything in between out to the middle of the desert and put them through these exterminations because it is real. Like It happens in real real. life. And last night was like, a great example of that. It was an oven. Yeah. So uh, another <laughs> we were cooking like Hansel and Gretel in there. Oh my god. Yeah. So another interesting thing that happened was Melissa did this blasphemous performance oh. inspired by her season one finale, which I love, and it was so good. Can I just say Melissa is just killing it? She, Absolutely, killing it, killing it, killing it. Everyone was so impressed with her. I was impressed with her. She did this blasphemous show. Shablam finale. Yes. Power out. Power out. Oh my god! Like yeah. for a for a minute. twenty minutes. I mean, yeah. Basically, the software and the computers that they run the show from up in the control booth, right, melted, yeah. which, which is, is insane. I mean, literally something that it's high. I would say act of God because high. We are here with our satanic drag show. Yeah. You know, I run up there like, what is happening? And they turned the laptop around, and it looked like they had just dunked the laptop in water. I was yeah. like, 
oh my god, there's literally nothing to do. It was the twenty minutes. It was crazy. Florida, I, I know. know. We were there. God was pissed. Melissa was like doing her non. <laughs> it, it wasn't the perfect storm. Doing yeah. her non, doing the most. What else? It, 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 there was no other real foibles. We finally crowned Victoria, as you mentioned, yes. which was fantastic. That was our plan. You know, it was that great. was our plan. Again, we've talked about this before on the podcast. The Blade Brothers Dragula Titans is not a regular season of the Blade Brothers Dragula. We did not want to dump blood on their head and the, all that. We thought it was great. You know, it would be great to crown them live on tour because the tour is part of the prize. Duh, it made sense to us. But yeah, the season was special and the way that we commemorate it was also going to be special. I did secretly want to, when it was time for Victoria to perform, I really wanted to roll out that giant portrait. <laughs> <laughs> and just put a spotlight on it in silence and just be like, okay, let's give it up for Victoria. Just, I just yes. funny would that have been? <laughs> <laughs> so, it, was, no, it was so fun too. This is why we do the show. Yeah. This is why we do everything that we do to get to this place because touring is a privilege and seeing drag live is the best way to experience it. And last night was a great example of all of that. It's why they put in the work and mm-hmm. deal with everything they deal with. Because a lot of them, I think, you know, we've talked about this before. They'll kind of be like, oh my God, Twitter and everyone's yelling at me about this and they hate me for this. And I'm like, when you go on tour, no one cares about that stuff. Nobody cares. They're a fan of yours. If they remember you from the show, then they're your fan, you know, and they're going to treat you as such on tour. And I think last night they they got to see that. Yeah. When speaking of knowing them from the show and just being fans of them, both Coco and Hoso fucking brought it. They Mm -hmm. both brought like reimagined versions of their sci-fi challenge looks. And it was so cool to see these looks elevated again for the stage, like super impressed with Everyone on the tour right now. What did Coco said to you about <laughs> after that? I was like, so how was it? She's like, you know, doing that little thing she does with her nails. She's like, girl, it was great, but I need to work out. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think I think this is only one night. I don't know if I can keep this up. <laughs> well, oh my God. I mean, Coco did a reinvention of her D&D look and I knew that she must have been tired because she was, oh my God. I mean, she was giving power slut moves on a thousand. I was like, Coco, this show is hot, honey. That's her brand. I think it was a great night. I can't wait. So we have Atlanta next. That's our next stop. So knock on wood, by the time this podcast comes out, we will be through Atlanta already. So Ooh. yeah, so if you haven't gotten your tickets to the Blade Brothers Dragula live show, make sure you get them. We're coming to a city near you very soon. All right, darlings. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back after these ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we're back and we are still in sunny Orlando, Florida. But of course, it's midnight when we're recording this podcast. Actually, what time is it, Ian? It's 12.42. Yeah, it's 12.45, a sensible time for three vampires to be doing a podcast. Is everyone else asleep? What's everyone else doing? (laughs) I don't know. Probably. I mean, who knows? Who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Ooh la la. When are we going to bed? Are we going to bed tonight or what are we doing? Yeah, I mean, not to spill too much tea about how the tour works, but we are driving to the next city tonight and I will be sleeping in my bunk because I don't want to have to get up for the bus call. So I'll be in my child coffin, sweet 
Please you're gonna do that too. I'm going to do the same. I think the call time and we're rolling out is like 7 a.m. So I don't want to like half sleep mm-hmm. in the hotel and then have to roll down oh. there at dawn. Like that's not. No. Ew. <laughs> exactly. But Drac, you want to do it. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Well, anyway, back to our <laughs> podcast. So right. one of the things I wanted to mention about the tour was we decided to dedicate the whole tour to the memory of Hecklina, who is a good friend of ours that we recently lost. If you've been on social media recently, I'm sure you know about it. But in case you don't know who Hecklina is or what her contribution to the drag scene has been, I thought we could take some time today on the podcast to talk about it. And I know a lot of times people say, oh, well, you know, I don't want to hear about sad things. We're not, this is not a sad thing. It's honestly a celebration of Hecklina. That's what I'd like to talk about is why Hecklina had such an impact and how she impacted us. And I have to say, while we were great friends with Hecklina, we've known her for a long time. There are a lot of people who have that same story. Hecklina had tons of friends and Hecklina touched a lot of different it's people's true. lives. And that's one of the things that I think that are so special about her is that she was open and genuine to everybody, you know, and she made tons of friends and so many people came out of the woodwork and would have similar stories that we have about how close they were with her mm-hmm, or things mm-hmm. that she did for them. And I was so happy to see that because I felt like it just was testament to the fact that she was consistently that person all the time, which is rare, right? It's very in rare, this scene. especially in the world of nightlife. Now, both of us have roots both Hecklina and the Boulay brothers have roots in nightlife and our paths crossed years ago because she did a very successful event in San Francisco for so long. It touched so many people. It really shaped the punk and alternative drag scene in San Francisco while we were doing our own version of that in L.A. And when you come across people from the nightlife world, usually, I mean, usually nine times out of ten, yeah. they're snakes. And, yeah. and it's not I wouldn't say it's, it's normally. Because they're venomous, I would say most of the time, the people that usually get attracted to promoting nightlife, there is ego involved, right? And I would say there's also a little bit of lack of business knowledge because usually they're not necessarily super educated in business or how to work with people and they just kind of want to do their own thing and be rebellious and I'm going to make money and, and they don't. They think they can just forego traditional business. There's a hustle vibe, but it's also yeah. cool. And there's like there's a lot of different facets that go into yeah. it. But when we met Hecklina, we connected on a level that wasn't only just business. It was very personal, too, because she was so genuine. She was so yeah. open. She was so, so like generous with us right yeah. from the start. When I first heard about it, because people would always come to us and be like, well, have you heard about this club in, in San Francisco? And this is why we were doing our club. And we we're like, well, we're the shit. No one's doing a club <laughs> like us. You know, we we're like, don't even. They're like, no, it's very theatrical. And it's just, and I'm like, no, I don't want to hear it. It's not like our club. Don't even try it. You know, later, once we met years later and I, I told her that she's like, yeah, I know. You know, we both were like, oh, my God. But it really was very similar in mm-hmm. a lot of ways because we both pushed these crazy boundaries that like people just didn't push back then. And we celebrated the alternative side of drag and art and performance and nightlife. And she came from very humble roots. So did we. And we just connected on a level that I I don't think we've ever connected with anybody else before. And in fact, you know, she helped us start Dragula when Dragula was an event in San Francisco. And we helped her get her event live in L.A. So she would do our party in San Francisco, we would do her party in LA. And we did that back and forth for a long time. And we just formed a really great relationship. But it's not easy to start expanding your clubs into different places. I know the first Dragula San Francisco we ever did was, I mean, more successful than I could have 
ever dreamed. It was insane. And I, I remember just to go into her for two seconds. I remember that night so well because we were in the hotel and we're like, okay, we're, we brought our show on the road. And I looked outside and I was like, no, no. I mean, it, it was downpouring. Yeah. It was like thunder, lightning, and I rain. Dead. I was like, if that happened in LA, you were pretty much guaranteed a dead night. Like yeah. no one was leaving the house. I mean, there was like a dark star of magic and blessing over that party. Just like I think we've carried that blessing through the show and beyond because there was another show in town. And I think that the impact of what Dragula was had really reached up the coast, up to San Francisco, a line wrapped around the corner. The Eagle was packed wall to wall all night. And like magically every like drag race superstar in, in eternity, like all showed. And we were like, what is happening? Like, why are these people? So it was like this huge crowd in San Francisco, especially then the level of artistry was like amazing. Now I will say they weren't as filthy and wild as the competitors were in LA, but their costumes remember, Oh yeah. Their costumes were level 10. Very, they the very looks. creative. They yeah. brought the, I remember a lot, quite a few people, Krim Fatale back then would come out and eventually entered the, but I think she started drag around that time. But anyway, the point being, Hecklina helped us back then, and it started really strong. And of course, like every party, you know, it has its down nights and on. I remember nights when Hecklina was like, you don't have to pay me. I don't care. And I was like, how many people have ever said that to me in my entire life? It's zero. Yeah. It's, it's zero literally outside zero. of her. And I remember even before the party started there, we had went up to one of her other nights, and it was like a really big, successful night. Yeah. I forget. There was like a pizza place connected to it. Yeah, I, it was I a DNA lounge. It was, yes. Yeah, uh-huh. that, and, and it was packed and Latrice was there that night and yeah. we were there and we were like kind of cross gender hacking leather, like crazy, yeah. like vinyl. And we had like our plastic hair and she was like, come up here. And yeah. we were like, wait, what are you, is she, is she talking to us? And she <laughs> invited us on stage, a packed house. And she's like, I'm doing a party with these guys. They'll be, they'll be up here from LA. Like, and, and just promoted us to her wall-to-wall packed club. She celebrated us as if we were us today. Like she treated us like a superstar from moment one. And it was very giving and generous of her. And she always was open like that. Um, We have to tell the story. I mean, I want to keep this as a celebration because Hecklina was always super happy, very fun, sarcastic. She was filthy. She was really fun and fabulous and loved to laugh. But she was super silly. She was super silly. And that's one of the things like I have when I think of like funny stories I have, I have tons of funny stories about her because she was always doing something ridiculous or something. And she would laugh about it (laughs) because one of the things she did the night you're talking about Latrice was performing and she and Hecklina was hosting it. It was her event. And so she's on this big stage and she's like, okay, Latrice, I'm going to announce Latrice. Latrice Royale. And then Hecklina just kind of backs up and sits down on the. She doesn't leave the stage. She just kind of sat down. She like and laid put the down. mic in her lap and started to lay down. And I'm like, okay, girl, we've all been there like, when we're hosting before, but never would I actually lay down on the stage while my yes, guest was performing. I was. She cackling. went ahead and laid down. I was cackling. I she did not give up. I was like, she doesn't give a fuck. We were, yeah, we were in the crowd. I was like, what's she doing? Is she not going to get off the stage? She's laying down She's on the lay stage. Down there and I've watch never the seen show, anything like this. Oh my god! I, I told her. About it before and she just laughed her ass off and she's like I was just en- I was just enamored by Latrice I just wanted to watch it and I was like good for you <laughs> <laughs> okay and here's my ultimate funny Hecklina story this is from before we knew her when she was a lot more wild but this story <laughs> cracked me up I am not going to reveal who it's about but there is a very famous drag queen that we all know who once tried to pick a fight with Hecklina oh. same age range same age range <laughs> 
tried to pick a physical fight with her back in the day. And she said something to Hecklina, and I forget what Hecklina told me it was, but she filled her purse up with full beers Icon. and went over and clubbed the other <laughs> drag queen in the face and <laughs> fell on top of her and started punching her in the face. And she beat her up. And this drag queen is a drag queen that you all will know, but I'm Girl. never going to say who it is, but I'll just say it's the same age range and category as Hecklina. And you would be, I laughed so hard when she told me that story. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I used to be crazy. We're going to miss her. I think everyone else, there's going to be yeah. a lot of people that really miss her. I think so too. But I just want to keep talking about her because I want people to know what her impact is. Cause I think a lot of younger fans or people that maybe aren't around San Francisco or like, don't, they don't know what was heckling's impact. And heckling's impact is that she was very much involved in her community in San Francisco in terms of like pushing queer art, in terms of pushing alternative and punk drag, she started and pioneered a punk drag night that many people came up through and developed their careers afterwards from. Mm -hmm. And obviously mm -hmm. left them, their mark on those people, on yes. those performers. They saw things in San Francisco at Hecklina's parties and in front of Hecklina's performances that they had never seen anywhere else. And she probably bent and changed the rules and the boundaries of what people yes. thought of as mm -hmm. what I can and can't do in drag. And she was very humble about it. She was successful at it. She ended up then taking her money and opening a queer venue there, the Oasis, which is open to this day. Her and Darcy Drollinger opened it up together. But yeah, so she's had a huge impact. But not only that, beyond that, you know, this was before Drag Race times. She was sort of one of those characters who you just sort of knew, you know, you would know like Lady Bunny, Hecklina, Jackie B, you know, Misunderstood, Head of Lettuce, these sort of people mm -hmm. who existed, Lipsinka, like back in the day before drag queens got famous on TV. Right. And these are people and names you learned because you were in the know. Right. Because you lived in a city, you were queer, and you just learned about them through word of mouth and experience, yeah. like pre-internet. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, we worked in clubs and everything, and we knew who all these people were. They were sort of like, the, the pantheon of goddesses in each city back then. Like why the words like legendary and icon were created. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it was all very fun drag. It was not perfect for TV kind of drag. It was what I think of as actual drag, not mm -hmm. the drag what ha has developed into is not valid, but it's what I think of when I think of drag. It was very much, how do you take $5 and turn it into something that looks fi like 500 and the whole different skill set, very live. You had to have charisma and stage presence and know how to perform. And Hecklina was great about that. And I, I will wrap this up, but I will say as a performer, I always looked up to Hecklina because she could make a show out of nothing. She mm -hmm. just had the charisma. She knew one time when she came to Dragula in San Francisco, one of the first shows she did with us, because people, we'd have like five or six exorcisters, we caught them, and they were the judges of the pageant, but they also were the performers. And so the performers would put on shows, and then we would do the pageant later in the night. And Hecklina did this silly ass show. There was no lyrics to mm -hmm. it. The vampire show, <laughs> the right? Vamp and she got staked at the beginning. So she gets staked, and she's like, ah. And then she slowly dies, wo wobbling all over the stage pulling out a red handkerchief. Yeah. It just kept going forever. Like it was blood and it was so stupid and amazing at the same time. And she always would do something like yeah. that. She That's was very so captivating, very theatrical. She would do plays with peaches Christ all the time. She did things on her own. She had her own one, one woman shows. And 
I just think she's fantastic. I want people to remember her. We'll remember her. And that's it. I think we'll talk, you know, we'll talk about her more. We always have to remember to remind people about who Hecklina is and what she contributed and just how good of a person she was, honestly. And how loved she was. I mean, going back, you know, and this conversation comes full circle about how many people she has touched and how many people just know her and have worked with her. The sound and tech manager on this tour, yeah. Sophie said, oh, yeah, I know you guys have worked with Hecklina. I used to work at Oasis. I know Hecklina. And we kind of shared in that loss and yeah. in that moment and in her memory, because I, I'm, I'm kind of happy when I think about Hecklina. And of course, I get very sad over the last week or two. Like it's just been, you know, it's, it's difficult to not get sad over the loss of someone like that because they were such a light in a lot of people's lives. Yeah. And it's weird. You saw a lot of it on social media. It made me feel weird, honestly, because, you know, there were a lot of people that I don't know if they knew who they were and I feel like they were trying to pay tribute to it, which I thought was cool, but also made me uncomfortable. Cause I'm like, I don't know. They don't, they didn't know her necessarily. And I did. And then I felt like, I don't know, what are we supposed to do? It's, it's a weird thing once, when you lose someone, cause I really felt like it was personal. I was like, I don't want to do, I don't want to mm-hmm. make a social media. I'm not trying to virtue signal here. Like I don't want to put my feelings out there. Cause it really was hurtful, you know? Yeah. Well, it's weird. I think I saw a lot of like, unfortunately like policing of grief which i think is very strange like people saying like x person needs to say something like you need you should address this and it's like well who are you to say that you know that i'm not hurting you know if i'm I'm not sharing it on social media like you know we all feel lost differently and i don't know i just that was a little strange but i do agree with you drac like there were so many people who were expressing like amazing stories about Hecalina and really like all these articles came out and that was really cool like yeah. to see her being celebrated. I just want them to know what it was, why she was really celebrated. Not just like, I should say that this is a legend. I've seen people use terms. I'm like, okay, yes, but you don't know why. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't Loss know. is personal. I don't think anyone should tell anybody else how to feel or what to do or how mm-hmm. to say it. Right. We are, we're all entitled to like experience it as it happens. And so unexpectedly, my God, like Hecalina was young. I mean, overseas to to do like a live show with peaches. I mean, maybe in some way in a couple of years, I'll be able to look back and say, is that perfect for her? If she had to go at at this time, like maybe going and doing something amazing in an amazing place like London with her best friend and, that's the way crass, she sort of I said goodbye. I would rather go if there was a really hot guy sitting on her face. <laughs> <laughs> that is <laughs> the truth. No, totally. The TMI truth. And yeah. I, think, I think on that note, we'll leave it there. We're going to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about the Belay Brothers Halfway to Halloween TV special. Welcome back, everyone, and happy halfway to Halloween. Yes, I am plugging our upcoming first TV special, The Belay Brothers Halfway to Halloween TV special, which is coming out on April 25th on Shudder and AMC+. Let's talk about it. Yeah! I'm so excited! (laughs) I'm so excited, too. So this is a, for those of you at home that don't know, we have our first ever TV special coming out. It's The Belay Brothers Halfway to Halloween TV special, and... It's sort of like a Halloween-themed SNL. We got to write. We wrote the whole thing. Uh, I think uh, we wrote and directed a bunch of it. Mm -hmm. And we got all of our monster friends together and all of our famous friends and everyone that we love. And we just put on this crazy variety show. I'm like giddy. It's so cute and it's fun and it's funny. And I will say... 
hi, I'm emotional and I'm like very like that. So the main thing I took away was like, this feels like family. This feels nostalgic and cute and fuzzy and warm, question mark? Ew. <laughs> I think it's because the people that we invited to partake in it are people that love Halloween. Oh yeah, you can They're totally nice, tell. They're nice, fun people to work with and they were happy to contribute to it. And that energy spread through, I think, you know, even in like, hey, I'm talking, I'm like, what do you want? Tell me what you want. I will write you a skit that you love. And, and they were- did and they loved it. And mm-hmm. so that's why everyone's happy. And I think that's why it feels very fun. And it just has a good energy about it. I think it has a great energy about it. And like Ian, like I'm watching it and I was like, I'm kind of giddy. It was like. I woke up, it's Christmas morning, I'm a child, and I haven't yeah. run into the room with the tree. But I'm like, I'm like, I'm all excited. And then as I was watching it, I'm like, am I getting like a little emotional? Yeah. Because it's so kind of joyous and it's joyous for like dark hearted people. It's for freaks and weirdos who love Halloween, but have to wait a full year. So it's that dose of that kind of darkness yeah. in the middle of spring. And it was it delivering? I'm like, yes, it just kept delivering and delivering. That's the thing for me is it's like Christmas, but hi, we all love Halloween. I think that anyone who loves Halloween, it really boils down all that. It's, hi, you want ghosts and witches and goblins and ghouly goos. And it's it's got all of that. <laughs> it's like Halloween candy and a razor blade and the apple. We got it. Here's where <laughs> the inspiration came from. I love those TV specials that used to come on in like the 80s and it was so hyped. It'd be like the ABC Christmas special and they would get Spectacular! All, starring! Yeah. Yeah. And they would get all of the people who were hot at the time, like whatever musicians that didn't fit with it. They'd get like, what are our top shows? Let's make them be in it. The actors, mm-hmm. of course, we didn't know that when we were kids. It's very but, foul because we look back now and we can see it, it's very network driven. It's very oh, totally. network yeah. driven, but then they would pull in weird musicians that didn't fit like here's kiss and here's the girl that plays Marsha brady you're like what and here's nell carter from give me a break you're like okay (laughs) you're like that how does this make sense and usually it didn't well that's the thing right like the hype was great the package was amazing and then you would turn it on and you'd be like this sucks you'd be like (laughs) it sucked because it was like you know what? And I kind of thought about it because I thought about that when we were doing the specials. Like, I really want to make a TV special, but I don't want it to suck. Yeah. Why did it suck? <laughs> and the reason it sucked is because you would see the characters that you loved on these shows, but the writers did not come with them and uh-huh. they were not playing the characters you knew. So you were introduced to these actors for the first time because you didn't see them on TikTok and shit back then. You didn't know what their personalities mm-hmm. were like. So you'd see them being them and you'd be like, well, that's P. Arthur, but I, she's not like Dorothy and... Okay, but I will say, because to name B. Arthur, when B. Arthur <laughs> appeared in the Star Wars Christmas special, I was like, this is iconic. Like, seeing B. Arthur at, in the fucking cantina, I was like, this is weird. I cherish this. B. Arthur is Mon Mothma from Star Wars <gasps> if she got older. Okay. Right? B. Arthur should have... have <laughs> Could. Yeah. And you know what? I'll, here's another little tidbit. Once upon a time in a club far, far away, we used to perform Golden Girls shows and Drac. You take makes, that back. Drac ah! makes a you deadly Dorothy Spornak. <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> Those were the days. And you wow. know what? You know who else plays Dorothy Spornak? Hecklina. Yes, she I does. Hecklina always. Yeah, yes, and, she and did. And when the Golden Christmas Girls. Show, which that show, it, how amazing. So good. And, and it was always like, 
Hecklina in San Francisco versus Jackie in LA. And it was like the battling Dorothy (laughs) Spornax of California. And And they were both (laughs) epic. I know that I'm sure. I've never seen Jackie beat playing Dorothy Spornax. You know that she nailed it. Oh, my Lord. Hecklina is my favorite Dorothy Spornax because she always had a little bit of heart and a little (laughs) bit of humility, which I felt like B. Arthur did too. And I don't think that's Jackie's specialty. Just saying. Jackie has a heart. It's just black. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. So... Back to our special, though. It's real. I'm so excited about it. I'm very happy with the way it turned out. It's weird because we're talking about how it's warm, but like it's so wrong. Okay, <gasps> speak on it, though, because that's <laughs> so that, wrong. That's it. I think this is like testament to high. Like, we're all weirdos. Yeah. Like, I do think that it is warm and cutesy and fun, but there are some sketches which. Swan, you said this in the last episode, and I'm going to repeat it. Like, Drac, you, like, went the fuck off on some of these sketches. Like, the humor is so, like, dark. It's not dark. It is crispy black. Oh, there! Oh my gosh. There's one moment. I cannot wait for people to see it. It's like, when we were watching the edit, one of the editors was like, oh my god. Like, he didn't realize the joke that was coming up. And yeah. I'm like, this humor is pitch black. Like, night <laughs> black. It's so funny. I love it. It was fun, but I definitely... I, I And we were writing them... So, I was, like, writing them so quickly on the fly. And I would then, you know, I'd be like, three in the morning, and I'm, like, writing this thing. And then the next day, we'd get there on set to direct uh-huh. and I'm like okay and then I'd be like oh my god I'm oh my like, god is this weird I'm like the, I don't are they gonna really is this like, too what? much I'm excited about it I think people are gonna love it I hope everyone watches it and I'm gonna ask everyone listening help us spread the word if you see us share the poster art for the Blade Brothers halfway to Halloween TV special share it on your story share it on your feed share it on Twitter share it wherever and help us spread the word because you're going to love it. And I want everyone to watch it. I really, yeah, that, that's what would be super appreciated. And I'm just throwing this out there too, because I'm kind of just thinking about it now on the fly. I think fans are going to get to see us in, in several ways that <gasps> yes. they've never seen us before. Yes. And it's so dark and twisted and weird. And, and there are segments that I am smiling like a happy child. Like it's like giddy oh, yeah, that's to the point where so I'm like, is cute. this stupid? But I kind of love it. No, it's awesome. I mean, not to spoil anything, but there are some sequences that go into total like goon territory. And it's so <laughs> fun. And it's like, I think people are going to get to see you guys in a, in a different way. And I love it. I can't wait for people to see the special. Um, I can't wait to see it again. So everyone watch it. Remember April 25th premiering on Shutter and AMC Plus at the same time. So pick wherever you want to watch it and watch it. Okay. So I stole the mailbag from Ian and I'm going to read some questions. Question one comes from Mike from Chicago. Mike from Chicago. You should say that. That's- <laughs> oh, I, I know I'm, I'm, you're, you're putting me Alfonso. on the spot. Alfonso. Oh, yes. Alfonso from <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> okay. Alfonso from Chicago asked, have you ever, tri- no, hold on. Was it Mike? It's Mike. But it's I'm Mike, but it's Alfonso. Alfonso. And Alfonso. I, I want to know in the comments, I want people to tweet us who knows what that's from. Who knows it's what iconic. the reference is, the Alfonso from, from Chicago. Chicago. Why does Stormy Daniels follow the Boulay brothers on Instagram? Do you all know each other or maybe she's just a fan? She must just be a fan because we do not know each other. However, I will reveal that there has been some questions from her camp about coming on the show as a guest judge for years, actually for a long time. And um, you know what? If she is behind Trump ultimately going to jail, I will definitely make her a guest judge. So there's that. Celebrate her. Why does she follow us? Because once upon a time she had very bad taste, Donald Trump, and now she has good taste because she follows us. (laughs) Glonk. (laughs) All right. Logan from New York asks, 
I have purchased lots of merch in the past, and some of it has come signed, but I am wondering which which signs the goodies, or do you both hold the marker together? I love the way this this question is formed and presented, but Drac isn't doing it quite the way Ian would do it, because Ian would, like, put on the effect of, like, the... You got. You got to do the. It's you know, and it's okay because I think. Hello, drag, mothers. Hello, mothers. Um, I've bought a lot of merch in the past. You got to do the the you know the mailbag voice. Yes, and the answer is Swanthula is the one to usually scribe the inscriptions. Ooh, it's true. We both do sign things from time to time, but you usually get stuck with. Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> the burden. Um. Next. Diana from Anaheim asks, would you ever plan to create your own makeup line or collaboration with a makeup company? And if with a company, which one would you choose? Yes, we would start our own makeup company and we have already registered the business name. And one day you will be seeing it on shelves, I'm sure. But as far as doing it with another company, probably not because the profit margin would be really low. But if we did, it would be Black Moon Cosmetics because I love their products. Mm -hmm. And if you want the best black lipstick anywhere, Get Sleepwalker from Black Moon Cosmetics. It's the best black lipstick you will ever buy. That is until ours comes out. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's all the time we have for questions today. Thank you all for joining us for this impromptu podcast. We are on the road, so it might sound a little rough, and we apologize in advance if it does. Make sure to buy your tickets for the Blade Brothers Dragula Live. If you haven't yet, and come see us live. We are doing the podcast at a lot of stops. You can come listen to us record an episode right in front of your very eyes. And... Be sure to join us on April 25th for the premiere of the Belay Brothers Halfway to Halloween TV special. Until next time, uglies. The Boulay Brothers Creatures of the Night is hosted by the Boulay Brothers with their co-host and producer, Ian DeVogler. Engineered and mixed by Carlos Bueno with music by Neuron Spectre. So I I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. So I I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. So I I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.